0: Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe.
1: We all need somewhere to call home, but aside from residential property, real estate represents an asset class that can hold many varying opportunities for investors. And at a time when we are reconsidering the way we live, work and shop, the landscape of the industry is experiencing some market shifts. But what are these? What should investors be aware of? And where might opportunities for the future lie? We discuss all these topics and more in today's episode. I'm John Franklin. And I'm Grace Treston. And this is Beyond Markets from Julius Baer.
2: And John, before we get into it, how does it feel actually to be back on the other side of the table after last month's podcast when you were in the hot seat?
1: Well, I'm quite glad to have survived your interrogation, Grace, but uh, this feels a bit more like home turf over this side. And appropriately, that is what we are discussing today. So who's our guest, Grizz?
2: So today we are joined by Marcus Weber, Head of Indirect Real Estate Advisory and Intelligence. You're very welcome here today, Marcus.
3: Thanks for having me.
2: Could you tell us, first of all, what you do for the bank in your role?
3: Yes, i happy to do so. So my role is actually I'm covering the indirect real estate sector, uh, meaning real estate shares and funds for the bank uh, in, in cooperation with also with the fund advisory and obviously the equity research, which uh, do out uh, send out recommendations. Um, but I'm I'm really covering the sector as a whole for the bank and intelligence. You you told it intelligence means uh, that I uh, do also. Um, uh, produce the uh, property market reports for the bank that comes out quarterly. So next uh, issue
1: we will have on July and already looking forward to that. Maybe Marcus, could we start with a simple explanation of what property investment as opposed to property ownership actually means when we consider it an asset class rather than just bricks and mortar? Sure. I mean, property investments are in general investments aiming for an
3: absolute total return. So you get uh, if you buy a family house or a multi-family house, I have to say, uh, you, you're looking for a stable distribution out of the rental income. And in addition, uh, over time, the, as the land appreciates, you should also have a capital growth. So when we look back at the last 22 years uh, on a total return basis for global property investments, you could earn uh, like a decent uh, total return of 7%, which uh, looks quite nice. Most of that 7%, meaning 5% came out of the income return. The other two came out of capital growth.
2: Okay. And could you outline how the considerations might differ between, for example, buying a house and investing in real estate? So what are the things that investors um, need to assess or need to be particularly aware of?
3: Yeah, usually if you talk about real estate, uh, you come up with the famous three criteria location, location, location. So if you buy a house for, for yourself, it's obviously also your personal situation, your preferences that is important for your decision as a, you know, a house makes up a great share of your wealth and also the mortgage of, um, that you probably have. If you plan to invest in a, in a, in a real estate as, as an asset class, then uh, obviously the um, important factors that also are, are relevant for other asset class like diversification, liquidity, risk-return parameters are important. So, for real estate investments, we usually differ between uh, so-called direct property investments and indirect, um, as I'm heading the indirect real estate advisory as already mentioned. Um, So you can uh, either buy shares uh, like a real estate investment trust or a fund, diversified portfolio for a smaller amount. When you look at um, institutional investors or high net worth individuals, these are um, investors have a, a, a larger portfolio, obviously larger amounts of money to spend. They can afford to build their portfolio by themselves uh, by buying uh, houses directly on the market or also commercial real estate. Another interesting way we see to invest is uh, 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 now also club deals where private investors can buy together um, a development or a value add property. With a higher return than just an income return, but also obviously a higher risk requirement.
1: Now, I think given the marked focus on how we use our homes, our offices and our urban environments in the last few years, uh, and particularly the way that our interactions with them are changing, what are the general prominent trends that you see at the moment in real estate? I think one of the conclusions
3: of the pandemic was that uh, the personal living situation of each and every one of us has to become more important. Also it has been possible now to work remotely from the office at home or from elsewhere in the world. So having said that, um, I think global companies still need a headquarter in a nice CBD location, but probably they don't need any offices all around the world in every city and each country for your uh, employees. So. Um, I think these companies now can choose from a variety of options. They can uh, uh, have uh, flexible solutions, meaning that they can rent spaces um, in, for their employees uh, with office providers. So it's something like a members club. So we see, definitely see now different models than just having your uh, uh, normal uh, um, rental contract with, a, with, a, with an office location.
2: And Marcus, the housing market is something that is a a topic front of mind for a lot of people, and we all need somewhere to call home. So whether as owners or renters, what is going on in the housing market itself currently, particularly with regards to things like uh, demographic shifts or affordability trends?
3: With the current rising interest environment, the cost to buy and to finance a home with a mortgage has increased uh, significantly. So probably the dream of becoming a house owner cannot be realised for everyone anymore. On the other hand, inflation has also increased, meaning construction costs for new build has increased. So um, the number of available flats and uh, new builds is, has started to decrease and rents are rising. We have seen, for example, in the UK, a 9% rise in rents year on year. Also, uh, city of Zurich, you, can, you see 10% increase year on year, which is quite, uh, quite a lot. From an investor point of view, we think uh, investing in a multifamily house could be an interesting option now to cover the shortages and sub, uh, in, in the market and also to benefit from the rising rents currently. In general, probably we see that um, each and everyone uh, has to um, reduce space requirements with increasing rents. Uh, you probably can't afford uh, to have a spacious room, which you would have to loft after
1: pandemic, uh, but uh, now it costs obviously more. Well, that's very true. I think we're all experiencing that in our property hunt. But if we consider uh, the environmental impact of building an awful lot of new buildings, uh, the requirements for homes that there are, what are the developments or innovations that could come in the sector in the future that will help us regarding efficiency, sustainability, and even cost? That's, that's a very good question. I think the
3: construction industry itself was probably not the most innovative sector in the past. But I think this is changing now. We already see uh, drones, robots used on construction sites. Also now, three D printing is an option to build uh, buildings at at an um, obviously lower cost base. So the sector is is uh, seeing a lot of uh, changes now, uh, and I think changes to the positive. Also in terms of sustainability, we see a lot of uh, things going on. I mean, institutional investors they really invest to bring their global greenhouse gas footprint down. In addition, we also see um, ways that you can tackle the emb- embodied carbon. Well, I think that's the really the big issue, the existing um, real estate sites. Here you can uh, implement concepts like a circular economy. So you, you, you use and recycle existing materials in the renovation pro- process, which is really an, a new way of uh, thinking uh, in, in, in to, to invest and to to do it in a more sustainably way that, uh, than in the past, probably.
2: So we did touch a little bit on the pandemic earlier and how it's affected people's lifestyle choices and the way they work and live. So how has this new normal of hybrid working and online retail affected the real estate market? Are all sectors having to make big adjustments here?
3: Uh, companies have to really to the re- rethink their office space requirements in terms of quality and size. The office has to become more attractive and designed to stimulate collaboration and to support meeting requirements. So I think in terms of that, an an upgrade in uh, in quality is needed. Also in the retail sector, we see a growing share of e-commerce sales, meaning that companies like Inditech, Zara, they concentrate their stores on nice CBD locations and upgrade it to have an attractive shopping experience. So high street locations will stay important but their omnichannel strategy also requires warehouses that will offer opportunities also for uh, log- logistic real estate real estate investors, meaning each money you spend online, I mean need needs something where, where you can store your stuff. So um also this trend we see a uh, logistics is still um, profit or has a has a has a growing share of mm. of interest.
1: If we stick a little with office space and sort of the uh, role that it has to play in their CBD, Uh, You know, offices are so integral to a lot of town centers, uh, a lot of city centers. While the debate about hybrid working still rages, you know, whether it's here to stay or not, what effect is the use or lack of use of offices and commercial buildings having on cities and towns? Exactly. I mean, working from home, I think is here to
3: stay and uh, we'll probably see in the future outdated office buildings that will be transferred to other uses like uh, hotels or student housing. I mean, conversions of traditional office space into residential apartments would also be possible. But I think this is probably more trickier because you have to adapt the zoning laws and the regulations. But it would be an interesting option, also current now with, with the shortage in the, in the supply, that you can convert these buildings. I mean, nice office buildings with a flexible design, are um, we have seen that are, are it's possible to convert them. If, even if they are in a good location, you also can benefit from, from from rising rents, which makes the investment attractive.
2: And one thing that seems to be a very notable trend at the moment is people going out much more to restaurants, bars, travel is rebounding. So does this mean that hospitality is an area of opportunity for investors and what um, might be some other opportunities they need to look out for?
3: Sure. I mean, working from, uh, from home or remotely means that the employees now can work from everywhere, basically. Thus, traveling, staying in hotels uh, longer than just for a vacation is now an option? Uh, we, will see, we will see if um, companies like that or not. It's, it's sure that the, the hospitality industry or industry enjoys a good demand. Again, we see it also in airports. They're, they're booming. So I think this is a, certainly a sector to look at.
1: If we zoom out a little bit, much is being said about the world becoming increasingly deglobalized, whether it is or isn't is uh, still up for debate, but particularly regarding supply chains and manufacturing. How is this playing out in the real estate sector within countries? We see, uh,
3: especially in the, in the life science and tech industry, the demand for additional space is uh, currently uh, in terms of on or near shoring uh, topics. You have probably seen Intel is spending 17 billion for a new chip production facility in Germany. It's a change that not, not everything is just built in, in Asia or, or sourced from Asia. So you really see this onshoring trend. Also in the life science industry, you see models like Lab as a Service. Uh, that, is, that is an interesting uh, way to uh, offer fully equipped laboratories for startups. So these startups, usually they don't want to spend money on the fit out for their um, laboratory, they rather spend it for R&D. So I think there are nice ways um, for real estate investors also in in, in the industry sector and I think for the life science sector, especially if you compare to traditional offices, you can't really do research from your computer at home. You have to be in the lab. And so I think this is also a rather more defensive play than, than offices probably.
2: And if you were to sum up the the key insights that you've given us today, Marcus, uh, key insights for investors when it comes to real estate, what would these be?
3: As as I said in the beginning, if if you invest in in real estate, uh, I think it's as an investment, it's basically the same is true also for other asset classes. You really have to stick to these factors like uh, diversification, liquidity and risk return parameters. So uh, if you follow these rules, uh, then you will be be successful also with real estate investments. And obviously happy to answer any
1: questions in the future you may have. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you, Marcus, for joining us. And thank you to you at home for listening. We'll be back again soon with another episode of Julius Bear's Beyond Markets. But until then, don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen.
0: You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Bear. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliasbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.